Hello and welcome to here Johnny's Reviews and Carpenter Cult Classics, which is my look at John Carpenter Cult Classic movies such as The Fog, Christine, They Live and today's movie Prince of Darkness. A lot of people hate on this movie for being slow and nothing much happens in it. However, I think that's the point. It's a slow burning, unnerving horror movie. This is a low budget movie with some star power. With its tiny $3 million budget, it packs a punch. I think Carpenter works better with low budget movies such as Halloween, Assault and Priest 13, and The Fog, as it forced him to be more creative, whereas big budgets, he can become more lazy and rely on effects. So here it is, a $3 million budget that pulls in $40 million, making this a cult movie. But one thing I will say is do not listen to the director's commentary. There is nothing on it you'll learn about this movie, except... Carpenter and an actor in this Peter Jason cracking jokes and gushing over Donald Pleasance's acting. It's a waste of an hour and 35 minutes, frankly. Anyway, on with the show. Starring Donald Pleasance, Victor Wong, Jameson Parker, Lisa Blunt, Dennis Dunn, Peter Jason and Alice Cooper, directed by a John R. Carpenter. The plot. The son of the devil has been held in a cylinder by the Catholic Church for hundreds of thousands of years. Now he's trying to break free and help his father get into our world. Can a group of research scientists and students stop this from happening with the help of an old priest or is the world doomed? The movie opens up on an old priest and guardian of the secret taking his last breath, still holding on to the key. Now this priest is a member of the Brotherhood of Sleep, the people that control the cylinder. And then we're showing on a university campus and instructing to our scientific student lead, uh, Brian Marsh, played by Jameson Parker, of White Dog, Simon & Simon and multiple other TV shows, and I got to say, the fashion is in this is very 80s. In fact, most of us could be worn today, that's how 80s it is. Oh yes, and I cannot forget the moustaches, the tashes are on point in this movie, my god. Then we're introduced to love interest, Catherine Danforth played by Lisa Blunt of An Officer and Gentleman, Blind Fury and multiple other TV shows. Then we're shown a nun fighting the dead old priest and her explaining things to Father Loomis, played by the late great Donald Pleasance of the Halloween movies, Young Love Twice, Escape from New York, The Monster Club and many, many, many more movies and TV shows. Because legend has it, he never turned down a script and didn't say no to a job. He then reads the dead priest's diary, and it's here he finds the dark secret of the Catholic Church that they have held Antichrist for hundreds of years in a cylinder. We are then introduced to Professor Barrick, played by the late Victor Wong of Big Trouble Little China, Golden Child, Tremors and the Three Injured movies. The camera pans down to a group of panicked and scurrying ants. As in the sky, the moon is over the sun, kind of like devil horns, which is impossible. Something is controlling the lower life forms and easily corrupted in the city. I should say, John Carpenter and Alan Hoff's synth score here never lets up from scene one, as it just thumps on and on and on, getting more and more unnerving as it continues on. I think this adds to a sense of dread throughout the entire movie. We're then shown Father Loomis, okay that is not what he's called in the movie, and it isn't as he is credited in the credits, but I'm going to call him Father Loomis because why the hell not? 
He's talking to a bunch of cardinals about the mysterious key that the dead old priest had in his hand as he died. Professor Barrick is teaching his class about subatomic physics and how nothing is solid, time is not an arrow, etc, etc. We are then shown Falomus outside an old abandoned church in downtown Los Angeles, where it is slow but sure getting surrounded by street bums led by Alice Cooper's schizo and a mysterious bag lady lady even, played by Joanna Merlin, and note, I did not name these characters, so don't have a goat me, have a goat carpenter, he wrote a bloody thing. <clears throat> Down goes Falomus into the basement of the unholy cylinder is held, and this looks like it's a warp cell from the Enterprise, after which he types out a letter to Professor Barrick on an old-fashioned electronic typewriter, asking for help to prove the devil is indeed real. And I forgot to mention the reason why Al Scooper is in this is because the producer of this movie was also his manager and he met Carpenter at WrestleMania 3 or 4, I can't remember which one it was now, and they became solid friends. As note, John Carpenter is a huge wrestling fan, something I'll go into in next week's podcast, Doing They Live. So next morning, Father Loomis sends a nun via limousine, because as you do, down to hand over the letter he taped up earlier. That afternoon, Professor Barrick meets with his old friend, Father Loomis, at his church and hands over the old dead priest diary, asking for help to prove the devil is a real. He then takes Professor to the old abandoned church and shows him the sealed room containing the mysterious cylinder with swirling green liquid. And I love how pleasant can take gobbledygook dialogue and make it sound like it is real because um, the way he delivers the words, it sounds so powerful and so real. I mean, he can take gobbledygook about, I don't know, subatomic physics and God and blah, 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 and make it sound real. Hmm, good acting there. Also, I love to know the guy who put all these candles up and put all the crosses, because the room is covered in candles and crosses. Every single inch of the wall space has a cross attached to it, and every single floor space has a candle lit. It must be hundreds of thousands of crosses and candles per person. Anyway, in the cylinder room, Professor Loomis shows the professor a holy text, or Bible if you will, written in several languages and overwritten dozens of times over the centuries. The next morning, we are introduced to more of the professor's class, including Walter, played by Dennis Dunn, of Big Trouble Little China, The Last Emperor, and multiple TV shows. Mullins, played by Dirk Blocker, of Portergeist, Starman, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Kelly, played by Susan Blatchard of multiple TV shows, and it's here that Brian hits on Catherine. Unfortunately, she already has a boyfriend. Don't! So that afternoon, the professor tells his selected few from his class about the weekend's experiments and how this will give him guaranteed A's if they prove the existence of the devil. Well, you fucking think? Ugh. He's then shown arriving at the old church with some bags. As he arrives, he notices the bag lady is bowing to the sun, which now has the moon over the top of it almost permanently. That night, the professor and the priest debate about faith and the unholy book found in the cylinder room. Also that night, Brian hits on Catherine yet again, and this time it works. And he sleeps with her, so much for the boyfriend. Hmm. The next morning, he wakes up and notices the weird clouds are in the sky and the moon is now on top of the sun. At the church, the street beggars are amassing, led by Alice Cooper, and they watch as they watch the students arriving in a minibus. On the other side of the church, more students are taking in scientific equipment. The girls wander around the old church, finding the sleeping quarters, which is nothing more than just cots on the floor. We are introduced to Dr. Lethe, played by Peter Jason of They Live, Arachnophobia, 
in a myth of madness and Jurassic World 2. As the students set up the equipment, they're introduced to more, including Susan, played by Anne Howard, Frank, played by Robert Grassmore, Eccleston, played by Tom Bray. Finally, Lomax, played by Ken Wright, Rogers Nut Calder, played by Jesse Ferguson, and Lisa, played by Anne Yen. The students notice the bombs surrounding the church, but continue to set up ignoring the bombs. Lisa is a language expert, and it's her job to translate the unholy Bible. Father Loomis arrives in his limo and notices the bombs are surrounding the church. Finally, Father Loomis takes a scientist and students down to the cylinder room to show off this unholy abomination. As Lisa is translating the Bible, Catherine is writing down differential equations, and it's here she notices her window is covered in mealworms. Meanwhile, down in the cylinder room, Kelly bangs her arm on some equipment as she leaves stunned about the equations that Catherine is writing from the book, which was written over 2,000 years earlier. Catherine then shows Mullins her window, which is now completely covered in worms, all crawling upwards against gravity. Meanwhile, Lisa has translated some of the Bible, which talks about the Prince of Darkness deceiving the world, to a shocked Professor Barrick. Susan shows the Professor an X-ray of the cylinder that shows it is locked from the inside. So Kelly notices the street people aren't acting like normal schizophrenics, and this freaks her out as she is a psych major. And she also shows Walter her bruise, and he just brushed off as another ordinary bruise. Etchton, or Eccleston, leaves for a night and is killed by Alice Cooper by impaling him on his own bike after he notices a pigeon has been nailed to a cross and note. This was the other reason why Alice Cooper was hired, was to perform this stunt, as it was part of his stage show at the time. Brian tells the professor the swirling green liquid is forming into something, but they do not what it is, they don't know if it's animal, mineral or what, and to calm down to calm him down, the professor hands him a piece of paper with translations from the unholy Bible about the devil falling to earth. Susan goes down to the cylinder room to tell Mullins the cylinder dates back over 7 million years. And then she gets taken over by the green liquid as it squirts in her mouth. As this is happening, Lisa tells the group what she has translated from the unholy Bible, that the devil walked to earth eons before man, and that God banished him to the dark side, that Jesus Christ was an alien, sent to warn us about the Antichrist, however man thought he was mad and killed him. However, his followers kept the secret until man could prove this all scientifically. Okay then, did you get that little piece of interesting plot there? A piece of gobbledygook trash. This sends doubts throughout the group, causing some to even question their beliefs. Susan is now taken over by pure evil. She kills Mullins with one hand, snapping his neck. Brian tells Catherine the force inside the cylinder is now reaching out and changing things and trying to control the universe. The professor and Father Loomis debate about what the book has said, so then the professor tells him about the mirrored universe theory, that everything has a particle and an antiparticle equal, if that makes sense. Because this bit pretty much lost me here. Hmm. Moving on. Outside, Frank Wyndham gets killed by the bag lady as he tries to leave with a pair of scissors. She then guts him and slices him up as Susan watches on menacingly. He then turned into a beetle man. Walter has a weird dream of a video broadcast from 1999 that shows something leaving the old church. Note, this was shot on videotape then played on an old CRT TV which was then recorded onto another tape which is why it gives it this grainy look. And wait a minute here, 1999 to take over the world? If it's trying to get through 1987, what the hell did it do for 22 years? Shopping? 
I mean, for crying out loud. Anyway, up next to be taken over is Lisa, which Susan does by mounting her and spraying water in her mouth forcefully. Next for a dream is the professor, which Father Loomis tells him all the people that sleep in the building have the exact same dream every single night. The dead body of Mullins is next to be taken over by the cylinder's water as it shoots down his throat. Catherine notices the bruise on Kelly's arm, which is now the shape of the mark of the Antichrist which was written down in the Unholy Bible. Next to be taken over is Calder by both Lisa and Susan as Lisa holds him down while Susan kisses him, transferring the evil via the kiss, I'm guessing. The professor and the priest gather what's left of the group to tell him what about the dream everyone is having. They then come up with the idea that this dream is pre-recorded and sent back in the past to warn them about the Antichrist's awakening by Tachyon Fields. Okay then. So they've been beaming back the same video for 2,000 plus years to the exact same spots and they calculated all this and uh, moving on. I went cross-eyed. As this meeting is happening, Susan and Lisa move the cylinder into Kelly's room where she's taken over by the green liquid. Outside, Frank comes back to life to tell them to pray for death as he falls to pieces as the beetles eat his skeleton. And note, these were real beetles covered this poor actor from head to toe, and indeed they were real mealworms and ants as they scurried all over the set and caused chaos apparently. Calder kills himself as a piece of wood while singing Amazing Grace in front of the stunned group. Father Loomis refuses to give him the last rites, as the Professor and Dr. Lethe try to make a run for it outside. However, the bombs have barricaded all the exits with trash. Water checks on Kelly, finding her in a dark room with the cylinder pouring water upwards into the ceiling and then shoots in Kelly's eyes and mouth. Okay then. Next to be taken over is Dr. Lethe, as Lisa sprays water in his face. Father Loomis hides in a boiler room as the dead arise and attack the group. Walter hides in a closet in Kelly's room as the rest of the group barricade the room next door. Lisa now joins Susan and they just stand there watching Walter, who watches Kelly, turn into the Antichrist. Are you getting this one? Because my eyes are went cross-eyed yet again. Later that day, Catherine and her group try to reach Walter, who is directly through the wall. They tell him to watch Kelly's transformation and report to them as they smash through the wall. Calder breaks in a boiler room door and then giggles at her reflection in a full-length mirror. Catherine is next for the dream as she sleeps Lomax dug through the wall and is into Walter. Kelly is now fully took over by the water and or the Antichrist and is now fully awake. She uses her telekinetic powers to freak out Walter, who screams bloody murder. So Brian unblocks the door and goes to rescue him. This causes Mullins to kill Lomax. After he and Brian bash him up the head with two by fours. The professor kills him with a chopstick to the eye. Okay then, I've went so cross-eyed, I'm actually straight-eyed now. Walter is under attack from Susan and Lisa, so panicked, he smashes through the wall and is pulled out by Catherine. As it's happening, Kelly has an orgasm as she sees a small compact mirror on the floor and tries to pull the double through it. Brian kills the doctor as the professor and Walter deal with Lisa, which they do by hitting her on the head with bricks and throwing out the window, as you do. And I have no idea what happens to Susan, but you know. Next, Brian deals with Calder, as Father Loomis tries to stop Kelly from using the huge mirror to pull out the devil. And why is there a huge mirror in a boil room is beyond me. Father Loomis cuts off her hand, but it just regrows. So he cuts off her head, but she just picks it up and sticks back on her head. She forces Loomis back in the corner using her powers, and then pins him against the wall of the boiler. So, just before she can pull the devil from the mirrorverse, Catherine jumps into the mirror, taking Kelly with her. Loomis smashes the mirror using the axe, which he found on the floor. 
trapping all three in a mirror verse. They all get taken away in ambulances. Brian dreams of Catherine and then Kelly and wakes up to touch the mirror as credits roll. So, that was Prince of Darkness, an interesting slow-burning sci-fi horror that questions religion and the Catholic Church, also science. Great acting, interesting effects, however, this whole thing falls to pieces at the end and I swear to god you will go cross-eyed trying to figure out what the hell this thing's about. I'm going to give this thing a confusing, muddled mess 4 out of 10. Mm. Interesting ideas, just not very well executed. Come back next week for my look at They Live. February is Final Destination, March is Musicals, April is Animated Movies, and don't forget to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Also, follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pods. Email me, Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my franchise podcast of Mad Max, Star Wars, Underworld, Resident Evil, and more. Also, check out my solo podcast of Aliens, Die Hard, and Even Street 3. Monster Dog and Suck. Also, Wayne's World, if you're an Oscar fan like me. Anyway, a tatty bye.